And it is Romans chapter 8, verses 17 through 25. Hear the word of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it and hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we, are, we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. This is the word of God for the people of God. Interestingly enough, our bulletin today, message, responsive reading at the beginning, was my next sermon before I got sick. Some of what we read this morning hits home. It's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises. I declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. Before we get going, First, I want to thank everybody how you have. Here's the scripture God gave me on you guys. You ready? I can reference the barrel of monkeys. It was beautiful. Coal is awesome. If one part suffers, every part suffers. 1 Corinthians 12. If one part rejoices, every part rejoices. We're connected. This isn't just about me. Every prayer request that lands in our congregation, we feel the pain. We make it our own. 
It's one reason God loves this place. He loves you. But thank you. Thank you for your texts, your phone calls, your prayers. All of what God led you to do, you did out of obedience, was honoring to Him, to our family. I can't put it into words. We thank you. Phil, God's hand upon you to bring freedom. It is. Walk in it. But thank you for leading, helping, caring, serving. The texts. Um, you have been a blessing and you are a blessing. The ripple effect is yet to be seen. <clears throat> Andrea shared some things this morning about a wise man, Phil. We all know it's true. Some things that I've posted on social media. The be the light, though, doesn't come from me. It comes from a compassionate, amazing, obedient servant of the Lord who followed his lead. And that was the theme of the school last year, Andrea. So thank you for that. So, today I'm going to be open and honest. I'm going to share some things. All of you know that God works with me in a unique way, a different way. Um... Not that it's better than anyone else. It's just different. And I'm going to share some of the things that we faced. May get a little emotional. I'm prepared. <laughs> some things that I'm going to share today may be different for some of you in how God works, the things that He shared with me. But it's okay. But I feel like that it's important. I've been asked over and over, what are some things that I've learned? The list goes on, I'm still learning. I'm still unpacking um, these things that have happened, things that have taken place. But last week, Pastor Phil shared some things. Converse with God so that He can tell you, that He can share with you what He has for you because of the new that He's bringing. Because He is, God is bringing something new for us and for us to show others who He is. Obviously, not knowing He was going to say that, I had been asked, put this experience, sermon in a sentence, what do you got? 
This was before last Sunday. What I got was something new is coming. So sermon in a sentence, welcome to the new, because here we are. We're here together. What my focus is, um, I'm just going to start back right before I got sick. Um, and, And as I was putting actually this sermon together out of this passage, Romans chapter 8, verses 17 and 18. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share or reveal His glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. That first part is 17. To share in his sufferings. How did Christ suffer? Immediately we think on the cross. But he suffered through his ministry. Made fun of. Called names. Rejected. And what the scripture is saying there, share in his sufferings. To suffer or feel the pain together. So my question before all this started, back in the end of September and 1st of October was, so what is that? Avoid that question. I'm kidding. It was one that... I'm not going to say I couldn't let go of, but it's a question that wouldn't let go of me. You ever been there? That it just grips you, that you think about it in the most opportune times, but it just pops in your head, and it holds you. So here's a little bit of my story. So 1st of October, when I first got sick, I contacted Phil. Told him what was going on. God and I were already having a conversation about all this. Phil sent me a text back confirming this. And here's what the Lord had told me. I want you to take the brunt of this sickness for your family. Okay. There was a confidence of faith that things were going to be okay in the end. Had no idea what the journey looked like. Didn't know what brunt meant. God wasn't talking about it. But for that to be given to me in my devotion time, and then a text come through that says, you're to take the brunt of this. Coincidence? I think we've been through enough to go, no. No. But what does this look like? And I didn't tell anyone other than Julie. We, we had obviously talked about that. But we didn't know what that looked like. So I end up, first trip to the ER, CT scan, oxygen level dipping, 
CT scan showed 25% of my lungs infected. Given some antibiotics, showed blood clots in my lungs. Antibiotics and blood thinner sent home. Give yourself three to four days, you'll feel better. Okay, two and a half days into it, things aren't going well. Back to the hospital, another CT scan. Blood oxygen level, low 80s. Admitted right away. <clears throat> um, that was on a Wednesday. Didn't sleep that night. Next morning, get a phone call from the infectious disease doctor explaining to me what my CT scan looked like. And from his standpoint and experience that I'm on the worst side of things. I'm like, I think you got the wrong number. Really, I, it was at that point, I'm just like, there is no way because there's no pain. I had no pain, never did, still don't. And I'm like, okay, so this is part of this journey. Not very accepting of it at that point to be very honest. And so, soon after that phone call, I got a text from a friend of mine down in North Carolina. And I read it, and it said, look Jesus squarely in the face. Don't look to the left or to the right. After I got that text, Julie came in. She was able to come in for an hour. But she came in. When she came in, then the infectious disease doctor came in. And so we were there together, be able to talk to him. And he started showing me pictures of my CT scan. At this point, I'm on 15 liters of oxygen. He shows me these pictures. 70, 75% of my lungs are infected. And he's like, First of all, it's like, you know, for a 52-year-old, you're pretty healthy, other than, like, okay. <clears throat> he said, but this is aggressive, and it's coming after you. I'm like, what do we do? And so things got put into place, understanding what our next steps were. But Julie and I really had a chance to spend some time one-on-one -on -one together, just praying, crying out to the Lord. not asking questions, but just sharing what we knew he could do. Even the doctor looked at me and said, you need to pray. Like, we got that covered because there's an amazing barrel of monkeys that were all hanging tight. And so all of this was already in motion of what what God was doing and what he was pulling together. I look at it from a standpoint of, I'm called, told to take this, to protect my family. At points, that's easy to do, isn't it? We can step into those roles. It's an honor. 
Is it not? To step into those roles. So at points, God honors obedience, does He not? Not at points, He does. He honors obedience, but I had the chance to be obedient. Not knowing what I'm walking through, but understanding that this is my journey. And so to understand, people are praying that God is giving people messages to send, to tell me what to do, to be who I need to be in walking through this. But in that conversation with the infectious disease doctor and all that, it was just like, hold on. All of a sudden, physical reality began to creep in with all of its anxiety, with all of its fear, with all of its worry. And I'm like, hold on. Will you share in the pain of His sufferings so that He will be glorified? Pretty direct question, isn't it? Answer is yes. The answer will always be yes. After Julie and I had a time to spend together, she had to leave. They graciously gave us an hour and a half, almost two hours. That's a blessing. On her way out to the truck was that same night when all the tornado warnings came through. So she's heading out to the truck. The sky's dark. It had just poured raining. And she sent me a picture of these dark clouds with a rainbow running through them. Not today, Satan. Not today. It was after she left that I grabbed that text from a friend of mine. Look square in the face of Jesus. He said, don't look to the left or to the right. As it was said in Acts 10, 38, that he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. He went on to share more, but it was that first line that caught my heart. Look square into the face of Jesus. I actually set my phone down to build up the courage to do that. Scripture tells us that if they're ever confronted by the angel of the Lord, that they fell down like dead men. There's a glory. There's an authority. There's there's a power that comes with something like that. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to look at him face to face. But I did. And I just looked up at the wall in front of me. Had a chance to tell Christy and Bibi that um, when Julie came, she brought my Bible in and put it on my lap and it felt like a million pounds. Couldn't even pick it up. And I'm just like, Julie, just, if you would, just set it on the desk in front of me. 
I can't hold it, but I at least want to see it. And so it was above that, and I just looked at the wall. And it was like heaven just opened. It just opened up. I didn't see anything else around me. All I saw was his face of Christ. And I'd make myself look at it. And as we're looking at each other, he just says, well done. At that point, I'm like, hold on. I've heard enough well dones. What are we talking here? What's this journey look like? And he's like, Ian, well done. You've done what I've asked. You've been obedient. Well done. Here's what he said. For I've sent a messenger from heaven with healing in his wings. And I saw it. I saw this golden angel dressed in armor. Wings of gold. And it's like little canisters tucked up underneath of the feathers. And he came like lightning. And I knew he's coming for me. I knew God had sent that. And with all of the love and compassion and joy that I saw in Christ's face, all of a sudden he turned. He turned to the side. And it all changed. From love and compassion, that face that is proud, to one of power and authority, And he said, that's enough. Wasn't looking at me. He was looking off to the side. I knew he was talking to. That's enough. And then I felt all of this confusion and this anger and frustration, which isn't of God, is it? Who is it? It's the enemy. And all of that confusion and frustration was, I thought we were going to take him out. And I saw this golden sword fall into this golden sand. It was amazing. I can tell you exactly what the sword looked like. It dropped into the sand deep, and this line was drawn. And Jesus said again, I said, that's enough. And I questioned... Not at that time. But as I've been unpacking all of this, I questioned, Am I, did I really see that? Is God, you know, is Jesus talking to Satan about me? Who am I? It was at that time that everything turned. On Friday, my oxygen levels started going down, and I experienced things with the Lord in the hospital. I probably didn't sleep for the first three, three and a half days that I was in the hospital. It was crazy. Every hour, God got my attention, either set me up on the side of the bed or picked me up so I was standing to do deep breathing exercises that... 
God bless him. Jerry Gully taught me a year ago. And it was tough, it was hard, and it was a fight. But deep breathing, laying on my side, laying on my stomach, doing all of these things, but I'm watching my oxygen level drop. It went from 15, 12, 10, 8, every day. Just things were dropping and healing was happening. God blessed. I went home, not on oxygen. The Sunday after I got home, last oh, October 31st, I got two texts from two different people in two different states about the same thing. It was an article, an article that um, of a servant of the Lord. Her name is Lana Vowser. She is in Australia. That she had an experience with the Lord, and she wrote about it on October 31st. My experience happened a week or so prior. Here's a little bit about what she wrote. I saw the Lion of Judah roaring over many prophets, and in his roar I heard his voice thunder. This is where it ends. The authority and the power in his voice caused everything to shake. The Lord began to show me that many prophets have been under a level of warfare and attack of witchcraft that is like anything that they had ever experienced. When he roared, I heard his voice thunder. It wasn't saying that the warfare is ending forever. What he was speaking of, that there was a turning taking place within this warfare and that the hand of the Lord God Almighty was turning the enemy's schemes on their head. Genesis 50, 20 and Romans 8, 28 surrounded me, she writes. The themes of the Lord are turning. What the enemy meant for evil, God is turning for good. I felt in the Spirit so strongly that this battle is so intense for these prophets. It's almost, it almost took them out. And the Lord was saying, I'm giving you permission to rest for a while. Come and lay down beside the still waters and receive your refreshment. Find your breath again. She finishes with this, not only am I reestablishing my prophets on their feet again, where they have felt like they've been knocked off of their feet, I'm raising them up again in a greater increase in clarity, in conviction of the vision, and they will go forth from this season to prophesy and to equip the saints in greater anointing, in strength, 
in fire and empowerment and vision than ever before. It was about 9 o'clock, Sunday morning, October 31st. Remember my question. Was Jesus really talking to Satan about me? Pastor Phil speaking, October 31st. Just before he went into the prayer and praise time, he was prompted by the Lord to share a passage out of Job. The situation of Satan before God and the attack on Job because Satan was banking on Job cursing him. Pastor Phil shared, the enemy has gone after Pastor Ian. The many things that have gone on in this church and in our community, the timing of the coincidence is not an attack. Was <clears throat> the timing of the attack is not a coincidence. Brain fog. And they did not succeed. So when the enemy saw that, we weren't, that they weren't succeeding in taking him out, they started going after others. Let's continue to praise God and pray for those who cannot be with us. I have my answer. Over the last several years, church, God is showing us the power of our prayers. He's listening to us. He's meeting us where we are, empowering us to enter these battles and to watch for these victories. These are not easy. But church, we need to understand that we are doing what Paul encouraged the Roman church to do. And that is to fellowship with Christ in His sufferings. Things that we have experienced, some publicly, some personally, that have never been mentioned or breathed to anyone. We feel the pain. We understand the hurt. And we are doing right. We are calling upon Him. We are trusting Him. We are working together. We are linked together to be what He has called us to be. There's a saying, new level, different devil. The further and the closer you get to Him, the more intense the fight. And in our obedience in following His lead, things have gotten tight, gotten tough. And out of that toughness, there is more to glorify. There is. People want to know, who's this God you serve? Who? You know, church, this isn't this whole thing, and, and all. it's not about taking Ian out. 
It isn't. Because on the other side of this is just how much glory is God going to get from this? That's the question. And He trusts us enough to let us walk these paths because He knows what will happen. Why did God let Satan go after Job? Because He knew. We would be talking about it thousands of years later. And He trusted Trusted Job enough to let him walk through it. And he trusts us to let us walk through these things. And there is a victory that we have experienced. And with that is coming the new for each one of us. Do I look at life differently? Absolutely. Can I, can I grab a hold of my family and, and touch Julie and hold my kids? Enough? No. It's breath to me. It's life to me. Have I changed? Absolutely. And you know what? I would hope so. Are things different for me? Yes. Do I see things different? Yes. But to me, that's all part of the reward for walking the path. It's a thanks, Ian. If Job has gotten restored, then there's things that God is going to restore to us. He will. As a matter of fact, it's like I see this. I was telling Adam and Eric earlier that you know I just I see this word restoration like on a huge white billboard in my brain all the time. And the first four letters are capitalized. Rest. And all of it, the rest of it will come. And there's restoration that God is bringing to us. There's rest that God is bringing to us. You guys know? I mean, between the basement and this, and I mean, it's been a journey. It's like our 2020 waited until 2021. You know? But it's all been in His hands. And the phone calls and the texts and the people showing up at our house and, and just testimony after testimony of people just going, you know what, I, I have prayed more than I have ever prayed. I've talked to God more than I've ever talked to Him. And now I just do it all the time. Whew. That's it. That's it. Because I feel like at points some of these people in their own hearts, Satan allows them to believe that they are the one of the 99, that they're lost, that God's not going to come after them. But they're that one sheep that God would leave the 99 for and He'll find them. And you know what? He has. At points as dark as some of this journey has been, there are so many people that have found the light of who He is. People praying and seeing somebody get healed for the first time. You know how much their faith has grown? Their relationship with the Lord has grown? Their trust in who He is has grown. So when I talk about the sufferings and to share in His sufferings, yes, you know what? There's pain. He went through pain for us, but we can share that 
with Him and those around us. So embrace where you are, as difficult as it may be. Well, Ian, my story doesn't have a beautiful ending. It's not about... This is not the end. This is not the end. If you're breathing, you still have a story. If you're here, the journey's not over. Just let Him be who He says He is in your life. It's worth it. Would I go through this again? Absolutely. Not just because of what I've learned or who I'm becoming, but because He told me to. He told me to. And we did. And we did. There's a lot more to learn. Probably going to be talking about all this for the rest of my life. Just the things that I'm learning, the things that He's showing. But church, I can say thank you, and we do from our the depths of our hearts. But if I were to ask you to do one thing, that would be to understand that He allowed us to journey this and to walk through this, to show who He is, and that we can trust Him. Because there will be that point in time in our lives as the days pass that we will look back at this and go, I saw Him do this. And if, he'll, if He did it then, He'll do it now. Because He never changes. He is who He says He is. And He can be trusted. Is it crazy to think that God will lead us down this path? If I am a co-heir with Christ, and He mapped out a path for His Son Jesus, Am I any less of a son to be called to take a hard path? No, I am not. I'm not. If I'm co-heirs with Christ and take His blessings and take all the blessings that come with it, will I also share in His sufferings? Yes. That's a question to be answered. Yes. It's a lot, I know. I know, but He's called us to something great. It's training. We're learning. We're growing. We're becoming. And He trusts us. Each one of us. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. So you know what? You have an amazing team, group, family that's sitting around you. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part rejoices, every part rejoices. Not to make light, but we are barrel monkeys. We are. We're not normal. We don't do things normal. 
We don't talk about normal things. But we talk about truth. We talk about real things. And we're hooked together in this. So if one monkey's going down, we're all going down. Right? It's because we're connected. And it is proof that God has done miraculous thing in this church and with this church and with our hearts by knitting us together to follow His lead into the new. And you know what? I don't know what all that looks like right now. I don't. But it will be different. But we know that it will be good. But we know that it will be good. So, over the next couple of weeks, I am recovering, recuperating, and I have time to pray. So, let's be praying and continuing to pray for one another and rejoicing in the things that the Lord is doing and celebrating even what may look as a, as a small victory, but let's celebrate it. Let's and let it allow it to be our praise. And let's stay focused on the things that God's called us to focus on. You know, it, oh, for, for a long time, for, for a couple weeks, God's had this on my mind. Love and care for the person that you're next to. You may not know them. That doesn't mean that you can't love and care for them. People need to know that they are loved, that they are cared for, and that Jesus is for them, whether they know it or not. Thank you. Thank you all. God's got a lot in store. So converse with Him, as Pastor Phil told us last week, so that you may know what He wants to do in you, and through you, and with you, with the new that's coming. You'll start seeing it if you haven't already. Things will look different. You'll see things differently. You'll understand things differently. The things that used to bother you won't. The things that matter will be highlighted. Embrace those. Embrace the process that you're walking through now. It's intentional. God's building. He's growing us. He's developing us. Getting ready for the next. You ready to pray? Let me pray for you. Father, Lord God, we are thankful for this day that you've given us and how you have blessed. You've blessed abundantly. God, and we are grateful. Father, there are valleys that we face. Your word tells us that there's the valley of the shadow of death. We understand that. But Father, you lead us beside the still waters. Father, you restore our souls. And God, we thank you for it. Thank you, God, for just giving strength and insight and wisdom. Father, I thank you for answers. Father, thank you for your blessings. 
I thank you for leading us. Even when we don't understand the journey, Father, you're leading. And I pray, God, that you just allow our hearts to be so open to trust you. And God, to look at you squarely in the face. And not look to the left or to the right. And, and Father, not be worried and not be fearful. But Father, to look at you in the face. Father, to read your face, your eyes, to hear your voice. Knowing that you love us that you see us where we are, that you know what we're dealing with, and that you haven't left us. Father, I pray for those all mentioned today and those that we know in our hearts, Father, who need healing, physical, emotional, or spiritual, mental, Father, send it. God, send it. Lord, I just pray that our lives continue to be platforms of your grace and your glory. And that, Father, people are just so impacted by who you are. Father, I thank you for your defense. God, I just thank you for it. Father, for holding back attacks and for being there. Lord, we just love you. And we do, we just worship you. We're all in awe of who you are and your presence and your compassion for us and your authority. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us so much and being with us. God, take us into this next season. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would please stand.